Um, and, and so we got like almost the full hour. I just looked at the time. We're like really close. So um, two of our interns tonight. First, you're going to hear from Nori Stitt. She oversees our children. Um, yeah, she does an amazing job. And you're, you're going to see in a moment um, the, the hearts that they carry. So she's going to share a message for a bit, and then she's going to turn it over, turn, turn the baton over to Matthew Gio, who is right there. That's Matthew. And Matthew oversees our Encounter um, Young Adults group, just does a phenomenal job. And um, the two of them, along with Misha, who's I think somewhere else over in the children, is, uh, oh, right there, Misha, is they're interning with us this year. And uh, we're just spending a little extra time pouring into them. They're doing just an outstanding job. But I'm going to stop talking because I want you to hear from them. But would you, when, when you, uh, just so you know, so Nori, actually, Matt, stand up too. And Nori, stand up. We're, we're going to applaud both of them right now. Just yay God. wanted to share with you all tonight that when I came in for intercession and the Lord showed me clearly that there was an open heaven tonight and God's light was pouring down and his glory was coming down. I don't see that very often, but I'm just believing that people are going to receive new revelation. That's my heart. My passion. What I'm going to share with you is revelation of what Jesus has done for us. And so I just want to start off with prayer. (sighs) Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Jesus, I just pray that you would be so real to us, so real and tangible as a person, not someone who's distant, but very close. We need you and we need to understand the depth of your love for us. So we can become all that you've called us to be because we know your love for us. So I pray for that right now in Jesus' name. Feeling the joy of God right now. Okay. Woo. Okay. God's joy. Woo. A couple of days ago, I went to go see the Broadway show uh, Beauty and the Beast in San Francisco. And this is one of my favorite Disney movies. And I've seen this movie many times before, but God spoke to me when I saw the Broadway show like he never spoke to me before. I know many of you have probably seen this movie before. So Belle, when Belle was going to walk into the fort, was walking to... um, to release her, she wanted to find her dad and he was in the palace and he was held captive to the beast. And the beast said to her, or no, she said to the beast, I will exchange my life so that my dad could be free. And I started to feel God's heart and just started to move with his love because I realized that's what Jesus did for us. That's radical love. And how many times we don't 
love that way, but I want to love that way. But the only way that I can love that way is by knowing what Jesus did for me and how much he loves me. And I also love the movie because um, it's all about how the power of love can radically change someone. And I absolutely believe it. I believe what Heidi Baker, uh, Heidi Baker is all about, that love. It's all about love. And I'm so after that. And so the reason why, so only love can change you and encountering the love of God can change you. And I was one who did not believe that most of my life because I never, I was so bound up and I thought I'm never going to be free. And so I grew up since the time I was a little kid. I tell you not, I grew up with a sense, a deep sense of unworthiness, shame. I'm a mistake. I don't belong here. No one really wants to hear what I have to say. And I don't know where it came from, but it was such a deep belief in my heart that I could never shake it, could never shake it from me. No matter how many times people told me they loved me, they believed in me, God loves you, I couldn't shake it off of me. Um, growing up in an environment of instability and fear ever since I was little created that in my own heart. So... When I was 25 years old and I was down in San Luis Obispo going to college and I, cause I had a deep sense of, um, not, tr I didn't trust God, even though I received the Lord when I was 11 years old, but I couldn't trust God because of, of fear in my own heart. I radically encountered the power of God with my friend, Matt, <laughs> and we've known each other since college. And there was a little revival that broke out in our prayer meeting. And I encountered the power of God like I never have before. And so I knew it, it took away every single doubt in me that there was a God. There was a God. I knew there was a God. And that radically changed me. Suddenly, suddenly I'm thinking, oh, he's a whole, there's a holy God, holy God. And I felt inside of me, he's holy, he's perfect, he's righteous, and I am not. I, I am not holy. I am not perfect. I, I don't measure up. So to measure up and be perfect like him, I tried everything I could to feel like everybody else in church who seemed perfect to me. I needed to be perfect. I would prove my worth and value through many ways, through efforts, through performance for years, for years after knowing the Lord. And I'd only sink deeper into religion, which is ways of trying to earn God's love through what I did, through what I looked like. And I found a deep part of my identity through what I looked like. I felt like if I was pretty enough, people would accept me. Um, I also found it through serving God. Like, even though I didn't know, I, I felt God's love. I, I still didn't fully know how much he accepted me. So in order to feel accepted, I would strive in going out every night and evangelizing and praying for people. And I did this for years and I, I got burnt out, out from it. And I, I couldn't do it anymore. So this brought me to a dead end road, <laughs> a dead end road. And it only got deeper and deeper wanting to so much prove myself to God that I am worthy. I'm acceptable. So this led me to go to running 
God clearly spoke to me, you're going to go to Reading. And my intent was, I'm going to encounter God, and I'm going to get free. I'm going to get free. And um, so one night, I, while I'm in Reading, I went to this prayer meeting, and I felt this expectation of, I can't, just a, a, a supernatural faith where I believed that I was going to encounter God like I never encountered him before. I went home that night from the prayer meeting. I went to sleep and the next morning I was determined I was going to wait on God forever until he came. I lived with Domily at the time and we had our little, I had our little prayer sanctuary in our cold garage and every morning I would take my blankets out to the garage and I would wait on God. Well, this time I had an expectation. I knew I knew I was going to meet God. And just to back up a little bit, um, when I first met Heidi Baker, um, for the first time when I was 25, I went to a Pasadena um, conference, and I met Heidi Baker, and I never met this woman before, but she seemed like not human to me. She seemed like an angel. There was a light coming out of her, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, I want that. I want what she has, but I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And she would talk about how she saw Jesus and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, like I want to see Jesus. So I began to pray for that for years. I said, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. And well, so I'm in my, in my little garage waiting on the Lord and suddenly something very unusual happened. And I'm going to try to explain this in words. And I, saw myself, I was, I saw a vision and I started seeing color and I found myself here, but I also found myself there. I felt like I was literally there, but I was here. So, um, and I saw all these trees and I, I saw this clearing amongst the trees and I was in the clearing dancing before the just dancing and dancing. And suddenly I started dancing more and more and I became so alive and I could feel me inside of me. I was dancing and becoming so alive. Like I never have been alive before. It was very exhilarating. And then I kid you not, I'm telling you the truth out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw Jesus. I, I, I'm not lying. I saw him. I saw him. <laughs> and I saw, I saw him for three seconds. But let me tell you, that three seconds was enough. I was undone for two days. He was leaning against a tree. <laughs> and he was looking at me. And the way he looked at me as if he, 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 he couldn't take his eyes away from me. And he, the way that he looked at me, it penetrated to the deepest place in my heart. And I knew he loved me and he saw me. I, um, and I never, I never knew that before. I never knew that he saw me when he died on the cross. I always thought, yeah, he died for the world, but I don't think he sees me. I don't think he sees what I'm going through. He doesn't know what I've been through. He doesn't know the pain I've gone through. But I knew in three seconds, I knew it. And I run out of the garage. I run into the room. And Domily was there. And I said to Domily, uh, I'm like, you will not believe what just happened to me. And Domily said, oh, you saw the Lord. I'm like, oh, yes, I saw the Lord. <laughs> I don't know how she knew. <laughs> and for two, I'm driving to campus that day. I'm driving to Bethel. And we had, um, we had our school that day and I go up to see Matt and I'm, I'm like, Matt, and I just start weeping. I'm crying. I saw Jesus and Jesus, not only did he reveal his heart to me, but while I'm driving in the car, he began to speak to me and he said, um, 
they began to release his heart to me for those that um, have had an orphan spirit who felt rejected and outcast. And he began to, to tell me his love for them. He gave me his heart and it wrecked me. Oh my goodness. It really wrecked me. <laughs> well, okay. That was my first encounter. Want to make sure I'm on time, you know? Okay. But this was the icing on the cake. And this is what did it for me. I'm telling you, I, Jesus was good, but I still, <laughs> I still, I still was wrapped up in deep things of religion. I, I still felt like I had to, I was still doing these things, but I didn't see it as a religious thing I was doing. I was still doing things in order to earn God's acceptance and to earn other people's acceptance in me. And the last week of school, the last week at Bethel, there was, I had a spiritual mother and she would began telling me, Hey, you know, I got this revelation of the finished work of the cross. And I'm thinking, Oh, that's great. I'm like, I think I already know that it was, but it was in my head, but I didn't really know it in my heart. But I'm like, Hey, you know, you, can you just pray for me anyways? And so she prayed for me and I didn't think anything would really happen. But two couple days later, we go, the last week of Bethel, we had worship going on. I go up to the front and I'm just worshiping. And suddenly I had this similar experience. I'm suddenly up in the spirit. And I'm, I don't have these very often. I've only really had it twice. And it was at Bethel. I'm up in the spirit and I felt like I was here, but I wasn't here. I was there. And I'm walking. Suddenly everything was alive and there was color. And I'm walking down a corridor And then I'm walking into this room and suddenly I'm in this room and there's light in the center of the room. And then all of a sudden I see all these shadows around the room and I'm thinking to myself, where am I? What room is this? And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and tell me, this is a room that the Lord has had little access into. It's where you keep your guilt, your shame, um, fear of man, reproach him and everything, everything. And suddenly Jesus came into the room again. It wasn't like the first time, but I could see, I couldn't see his face like I had before, but I I saw him and he looked at me. He didn't come to me and I knew that he loved me, but instead of coming to me, he began to walk in the shadows of my, of the room. And he was walking, he was dwelling in the places of darkness in my own heart. And he began to speak to me and tell me, I died for this. I died for this. I died so you wouldn't have to carry your guilt, your shame, your fears. And he really specifically told me, fear will not live here. Fear is not going to live here. (laughs) And then that was when, in the middle of me having this encounter, this revelation, this major encounter, I still felt, and I felt, I was still struggling with feeling adequate. But at that very moment, I mean, I knew my imperfections very well. I knew where I didn't measure up, but the Lord Jesus began to tell me he tangibly was very present to me. He danced with me. I mean, he really danced with me. He was dancing with me. He was sitting down at the table with me. He held my hand and he told me, he told me, you belong here. You are accepted. And it penetrated deep within my heart. And I was crying and he audibly spoke to me. He said to me, you are very special to me. And when he said that, I was, it, he, I never, ever heard him say that to me before. Since that time that I've had that encounter and it's instilled um, a deep passion in my heart to understand the cross and to know the depths of what he died for, for us. And I honestly, I know it seems kind of weird, but I'm very, it's a, it's very fixed. I'm very, um, 
I, I don't want to look away from what he did. Like when I watch the passion of Christ, I can't look away from the, tor- the pain that he went through because what he died for is in, is so deep. It's so deep. It's so deep that I don't think we're going to be able to wrap our minds around it the whole time that we're here and even maybe after and to eternity. And I believe this without a shadow of a doubt that the more we can understand what he did for us, the more freedom that we're going to have and the more that we're going to be able to go out of our complacencies and out of our fears. And we're going to be able to pray prayers that we never thought we would pray before because we want to be so close to him. And so I, my prayer is I've been praying this every day. God, take me out of my comforts. Take me out of my comfort zone. I want to be on the front lines with you. And he's been doing it. So I just wanted to, how much time do I have? Okay. I wanted to read Isaiah 53 to you. And I know many of you have read this over and over and over again, but I wanted you to just, I wanted this to sink into your heart of the reality of um, just what he's done for us. And um, so I'm just going to read it really quick. Okay. For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He had no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The chastisement of our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the inequity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shears. So he did not open his mouth by oppression and judgment. He was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off and out of the land of the living were the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So I just pray that you would give us more revelation of our wholeness and our healing that's found in what you did for us, Jesus. And I just wanted to, um, you to hear a song right now. And, um, Aaron, um, this song, um, is kind of about the blood and how the blood of Jesus has taken away our shame. It's taken away our guilt. We're not people that live under shame or guilt. We're confident in his love for us. Yeah. And this is the song. So. I hope it works. Just the animals.
Is it going to work? No, it's not going to work. Okay. Well, maybe um, we'll just, maybe Matt can come up then. Matt, you want to come up? Maybe we'll just do it later. Okay. Well, <laughs> All right. I, I just love how um, the worship, like all the things that God is showing us as a family, like it all ties together. Like um, I was just like thanking God uh, earlier because I'm like, wow, like I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> wow, God, you're, you're definitely speaking to us. Um, um, and... Yeah, I, the first thing I want to do is just just thank God um, and just invite him to speak. So, um, Papa, we just uh, thank you so much just for your graciousness, for, um, for sending your son to die for us on the cross. Um, God, um, just as Nora was talking about, God, may we just revel in that um, that we would just gain more and more revelation, deeper understanding of your love and everything that you paid for on that cross. Why you endured um, the shame, the, the torture, the suffering um, for us, God. God, I, I just pray that that would just sink in. That would really, really, really just sink in to the deepest part of the core of our being. Um. In Jesus' name and the Holy Spirit, would you just speak through me? Because um, I I don't want to I don't want it to just be me. So would you come, Holy Spirit, and just us? Uh, um, yeah, just speak what you want to speak in Jesus' name. So I wanted to talk to you guys about um, a little bit of my journey because um, I ha I actually have a pretty similar background to Nori, um, where, like, I was constantly, like, my beginning years as a Christian, constantly trying to gain God's approval and acceptance, and, um, uh, I'm just gonna be really, really vulnerable with you guys, like, when the first, uh, two or three years as a Christian, um, you know, I, I was discovering God, but before, I got saved, I, I was addicted to pornography. And that kind of carried over into the first few years of my Christian life. And, and no one knew about it. No no one knew about it. Um, I kept it a secret. And, um, and it robbed me for those years. Um, I just felt that shame, you know, I felt like a failure every single day. I felt like um, a piece of trash, basically. Like, you know, how could God be pleased with me? Because I can't even... It, I was able to give everything else up except this. But, and I couldn't shake it. No matter how hard I tried, no matter what I did, uh, no matter how much effort and energy I put into it, um, it just... 
you know, I just kept running back to it and I didn't understand what, what was going on. And I was very confused and I became very depressed because I'm like, God, where are you? Like I cried out to God for months and months and months and months, probably, well, I don't really know. I, I mean, I didn't keep count, but you know, probably something like a year and a half of just day and night crying out, pleading with God for help, um, feeling like uh, I'm unworthy to be his son. Um, and um, in the midst of that, and, and I guess part of the reason why I isolated myself like that, I didn't bring it into light, is because I grew up with, um, you know, I was, I was the guy that everyone teased. I was the guy that was always bullied. And um, so I was used to just isolating myself. That's how I cope with things. And, um, but you know, God and his, his grace met me there. Um, because, you know, honestly, I think he knew that he, he wouldn't be able to meet with me any other way. So, um, um, so he met me there and I encountered the Lord. Like there one night, um, you know, I basically said to the Lord, Hey, you know, you're not helping me. I'm, I give up. I'm not even going to try anymore. And this is probably like a year and a half of over and over and over asking for help and seeing nothing. In fact, sometimes it just seems like it's getting worse. Um, and then all of a sudden, the presence, this is about like 1 a.m., you know, when I'm about to go on my computer. And, and all of a sudden, like I literally feel his presence and I get lifted off of my seat and thrown onto the, onto the ground. And I felt the love of God for the first time. And I, I thought I was going to die. I really did. I thought, this is so intense that I think this is going to kill me. But at the same time, it's so amazing that I don't want it to stop. So I was like, well, I want it to stop, but no, I don't. Uh, so so <laughs> I, was, I didn't really know what I wanted. But I, all I knew is I actually... Uh, Honestly, I didn't want it to stop. Like I, there, there came a point where it just kept increasing more and more, where I, um, I didn't care if I died. It was so amazing. I never felt so loved in my entire life, and that was the first time that I knew God was real, and it offended my mind. It's like, well, how could God love me? Like, did, doesn't He know what I was just gonna do? And you know, over and over and over and over again, I, you know, I've, I've just been like, God, I'm going to serve you. And then I turn my back on him and do the, the whole porn thing. And, um, and I heard him say to me, you know, Matthew, I've so enjoyed watching you and, and being with you all these nights. And I'm like, do you remember what I was doing? Yes. <laughs> but see, the thing is, I knew he loved me because I, I literally could feel how he felt about me. So I knew he wasn't lying. I knew, I knew that, that he was telling me the truth, even though my mind didn't understand it. Um, and ever since then, like I, I took a whole semester off from school because it was about the end of the semester. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to school next semester. I'm not going to work. I quit my job. 
because I need I I honestly need to know this God who loves me like that because I realize after that encounter it, it didn't end it, it it didn't end until the sun went up so um um I realized that I didn't know this God that loved me I really didn't like my view of who he was is totally off like what the God that I just encountered is not the God that I know about. And that was the thing. I was like, I am, I don't want to just know about him. I re, I need to know him. So I spend every day, like I need to know him. I'm going to spend every day getting to know him. I'll, I've probably read every book there is on intimacy with the Lord that I could find. And um, so that's where I came from. And the reason I wanted to share that um, is because after that, I... I was able to wake up every morning knowing that God loved me. That re- really, like I, I w- woke up uh, and I, I had no desire for porn whatsoever anymore. I was addicted to his love now. Uh, so, um, I mean, it, it's almost like, well, okay, porn, God's love. That's not really a choice. I'm like, I, I really want God's love. So, I mean, this is so much better, like, in so many unspeakable ways. I mean, so, um, and this is all when I was in college. Um, and so I wanted to take you through some of my journey and just learning how to get out of religion. Even though I knew I was loved, like Nori, I, I still for whatever reason, I thought in a way that caused me to try to earn things from God. Like, I still had an orphan heart. Um, I knew Jesus loved me, but then I came to the realization really quickly that I didn't feel loved by the Father. And, um, and through that journey, what, what I've... I realized is that, you know, God kept telling me over and over and over again, hey, Matthew, you know, the, the life that I've commanded you to live is impossible. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> How is that supposed to make me feel better? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> um, um, but he was, he was getting to something. He was trying, trying to teach me something. He, you know, you know, he told me, well, that, that's, that's why I sent you the helper because you need help. That's why I sent you the counselor because you need counsel. That's why I sent her the one that will clothe you with all power because you need power. And I wanted to go, I'm going to read some verses here because I don't know if you guys ever noticed this, but this, I, I just, this is, as I studied the Bible, like, I'm like, yeah, you actually, it's in there. It's like, so, so, so Romans 15, 13, 
Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Ephesians 3.18-19, all the saints may have power together with all the all the lord's people to grasp how wide how long how high and deep is the love of christ that um to know this love that surpasses all knowledge and understanding that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of god I, that just blows my mind right there um Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to the power (laughs) that works within us. So (laughs) Colossians 1.11. Strengthen with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. So it kind of sounds like the patience doesn't come from us. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, in Second uh, Peter 1.3, seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. And, you know, uh, that word power is uh, dunamis, which is the word we get dynamite from. So, so um, it's actually, you know, it's spelled D-Y, where is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, no, actually, in my Strong's, it was spelled D-Y. D-Y-N-A-M-I-S. Strong's G-1411. And what that means uh, is strength power or ability. So, you know, what God was trying to get at is that you're not going to live the Christian life in your own power, your own ability, your own strength. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can't even change yourself by your own strength or ability. So we're going to be uh, uh, grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So, so in, <laughs> okay. So, I, what I want to, what I'm, what I'm trying to do right here is to free you all of all pressure to live the Christian life on your own. <laughs> because I I did it for years. And you just get burnt out, you just get discouraged, you get just get depressed and like it, it's so much better when you just carry Jesus's yoke that he won for us. His yoke is easy and it's light always 100% of the time. And I'm not saying it's easy because I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that 
you know, my life is not always a cakewalk. It's hard. You know, there are hard times. But honestly, the only thing I can attribute to me standing here in front of you is his power and his grace. I can't take even a little bit of credit for it. Because there's so many times when I wanted to give up. There's so many times when it was just too hard and I wanted to quit. When I, when I was angry with God, when I argued with God, it's it, it happens. We're human, you know? We don't understand everything. There are questions that we have. And that seem to remain unanswered. And you know what? God's not afraid, even a little afraid of it. I want to uh, go, go to, uh, I'm going to kind of divert to a different passage in 2 Corinthians 12. Um, and this is by Paul, the Apostle Paul. And it's just, I, I'm, I can't stop just meditating on this. And so 2 Corinthians 12 Boasting is necessary, though it is not profitable, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know. God knows such a man was caught up in the third heaven. And I know how such a man, whether in body uh, or a part of the body I do not know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which man is not permitted to speak. On behalf of such a man, I will boast, but on my behalf, I will not boast, except in regard to my weaknesses. For if I wish to boast, I will not be foolish, for I am—I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from this, so that no one will credit me with more um, than he sees in me or hears from me, because of the surpassing great revelations. For this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may fall upon me. Therefore, I am well contented in weaknesses and insults, distresses, persecutions, and difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. So, obviously, we probably all read this, and you're probably wondering, so what's the point? Like, yeah, well, um, I want want you guys to see something here. Um, The question is, why, why is Paul boasting about his weaknesses. Okay. He just admitted to all of us in that passage that I have revelation greater than all of you guys. I got taken up into the third heavens. I heard things that I I can't even utter, things that I'm not even allowed to tell you. And I have I would actually be right in boasting about these things, but I would rather boast about my weaknesses. <laughs> so what Paul Paul says to keep me from exalting myself okay and he implored 
the Lord three times to take it away. But he, he came to the realization that, you know what? I have weaknesses just like everyone else, regard, despite my revelation. And this weakness that I have gives me the sober reality and keeps me in the place where I have the sober reality of my absolute need for him. So I would rather boast in my weaknesses so that the power of God would dwell in me, may fall upon me. So what is he saying? I'm, my weaknesses give me the sober reality of my absolute need for him to show up. Because if, if he doesn't show up, I'm just standing here in front of you people and all you get is me. <laughs> but when his power shows up, what is what is Paul says that I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for all unto salvation. Yeah. He didn't he didn't preach wor- uh, the wisdom of man or persuasive words, but demonstrated the power of God. So he was fully aware that if that po- the power of God didn't come, he was screwed. <laughs> so so he was actually incredibly happy about the fact that he had weaknesses because like jesus said knowledge puffs up okay you just think about it like there there are so many times where it's tempting for me to go and rely on everything i know and then I'm like, well, now somehow I'm more mature because I know more. But the thing is, like, what I really believe God is looking for right now in this hour are, are people who know how to live by his power and not by their own strength. May there never be a day where I, where I would have enough revelation that I could feel like I could operate independently of relationship with him. (laughs) May there never be a day where I have so much revelation that I feel like I could operate independently of relationship with him. And honestly, I don't want to. I really don't. I don't. I don't want to. I. I. I need. You know. You, you encounter the Lord enough, and you just need need Him. You know that the power of the cross. This is this is what the cross won for us. We actually get to come. Here, let me find the passage. Um. Hebrews 4:16 yeah therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may find mercy and grace to help in time of need and you know we can glaze over that but think about it in your time of need 
do you feel adequate to approach the throne of grace? Do you feel like you're worthy? Are you screwing up sometimes in your time of need and how you're processing things? Are you insecure about who you are sometimes in your time of need? Yeah, it says, in my time of need, I can draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that I would receive mercy and grace. And the cross, Jesus, you know, like he shows me this many times to remind me of what, what, what's important. But it's like so many times I get a vision of him carrying that cross and then he turns toward me and looks straight at me. And he said, I'm carrying that. I ca- I've carried that for you. You don't need to carry that. You get to wake up every morning in my love, by my grace and power, because I carried your burden for you. So I want to free you guys. You you guys, you're free just to be loved. Like Pastor Brent does such a good job every time telling you how much Papa loves you. And and you guys, I, I, I told you before, how am I doing on time? I feel like I'm going long, but um, okay, I'm okay. So um, um, I'll pose the question I posed last time. Do you know how much he, how significant you are to him, how much he values you? I mean, have you allowed Jesus to show you that when he carried that cross, when he had flesh torn off of his back, when he had nails driven through his hands and his legs, he was thinking about each and every one of you. What motivated him to get up one more time to take one more beating is when he thought about you, each and every one of you. Then he decided that they're worth it. You guys are worth it. I don't care how much I'm in pain right now. I, I can't stand the idea of not ha- of even missing even one of you in paradise with me, in heaven with me. And not just in heaven, but here on earth. We get to have relationship. He wants heaven on earth because he wants that closeness with us. And Jesus totally understands, you probably read the passage, totally understands he was tempted in everything we were tempted. He's not unapproachable, like, oh, I can't believe you just did that. Actually, he can. He's, he actually got tempted in the same thing. Of course, he didn't sin, but he knows what it's like. And I really believe that's why Paul, Paul's most common prayer in his letters is may the Lord, the grace of God be upon you all. May you have grace for this. May you have power for this. May you have grace for this. May you have power for this. 
He even says, um, where is it? Yeah, Paul near the end of his life, and then he kind of just thinks about everything that happened. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me did not um, prove in vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Like, he talks about grace all the time, and he attribute. if you read his letters, he attributes everything he did completely to the grace and the power of God. And he knew. I, I had nothing to do with it. In fact, at the end of his life, he's like, I'm the worst of all sinners. <laughs> I had nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> and I believe we need to come as a church body to the place where we're just glad to participate in what he's doing because we get to, because we're his sons and his daughters and it brings him joy to include us in what he's doing. It's no longer about, oh, like, do I have anointing, you know, greater than this person or do I have anointing to heal the sick or whatever? Like, those, that's great. You know, those are things God wants to give us. But, but what does it look like when our treasure is, is not us getting something so that we can operate independently of relationship with him? Where our treasure is looking in the face of Jesus and watching as he brings freedom to someone right next to us. And we just get to be in the room. He doesn't want more superstar preachers. You guys don't need another conference. You guys don't need another um, great revelation. Jesus is what you need. Jesus is the, the really the only thing that is going to um, get you to the fulfillment of your destiny and call and what you were created for. So, you are free now to live in his power and his power comes through his grace. We have his power because of his grace. And because we have his grace, we get to operate in his power. It is our privilege as sons and daughters. And he freely gives he delights to give us his kingdom. The Father delights to give you the kingdom of God. So there should never be any question whether or not he wants to give you that power. Otherwise, well, what's the point of the cross if, if we had to do it ourselves? If we had to earn our own righteousness if we had to earn acceptance from God? Did he die for all sin? Or just some? <laughs> because I can tell you, if he only died for some sin, then I, I guess to use the word again, then we're all screwed. So, 
Um, but we're not because he did die for all sin. And he, and he, why do you think the angels were so happy? Like we talk, we just had Christmas. Why do you think the angels were so happy when Jesus was born? Because they realized something. They realized God has just, God has given the human race grace and shown his kindness to them. And they're going to be redeemed. And they were reveling in his, his loving kindness that they just couldn't help but celebrate and tell all the shepherds about, wow, Jesus is born in a manger. And from this point on, everything is going to change in your relationship with him. So let us draw near with confidence. No matter if you're feeling bad or good, distant or close. Because in our time of need, we're not going to always feel like we're worthy of approaching his throne or where we have all our ducks in a row. Probably not. So, I want to pray for you guys so that you guys don't spend years like I did trying to earn God's acceptance and favor. I know a lot of you already know that you shouldn't do that, but you know, there, there, you come to a place where you realize, wow, there are still places in my life, honestly, where I still do that without realizing it. Places in my heart. Um, that haven't met Jesus yet. So let, uh, let's pray. So Lord Jesus, um, we are so grateful and so thankful for that you thought of us with every beating and every lashing. Everything that you did was for us. And to mend the heart of a father who lost his children to the enemy. And now we're reunited with our Father, our perfect Father who loves us. And we get to live a life that is impossible. We get to live a life that um, that we're incapable of living. We get to do things with you, God, that just bring you joy that we're able to do things that no one else can do because we're in you. We're hidden in you. We're empowered by you. And I thank you, God. So God, would you just let this go deep, deep in our hearts, God? Would you show us, Holy Spirit, what does it look like to live in your grace and in your power? God, let us recognize when there's grace available for a moment for something we've been asking for that we would know, God, that now's the time to go after this thing. We would know, God, when grace is there, when power is present, God. We want relationship with you, God. We don't want to be more anointed than the next so that we can be more puffed up. But God, we want to be a people that you can entrust 
with the glory that Jesus asked for us to have in the Garden of Gethsemane, that the same measure of glory that the Father revealed to him would be revealed to us. God, may we be a people that you can entrust that kind of glory with. Lord, we don't want to get to our heads, but we just enjoy the absolute privilege and the love that you've bestowed upon us that we we actually get to, to be there when that happens. I ask for this in Jesus' name. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. So um, actually, this is what's going on. It is nine. So if the parents, if you could get your kids, but for if you can stay, we did get the video to work. And this is what I'd love to do. This is a, I think it's a four minute video, a music video, but it's about the cross. And so just with everything we've just received right now, I mean, I was, I was deeply moved by both of you. Um, so thank you both for just being so real and, and genuine. Um, and so like right now, what we just heard is that Jesus saying to each of us, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. My grace is enough. And so for wherever you need it for your life, I don't know. I haven't seen this video yet, so I'm going to watch it for the first time with you. But wherever you need it for your life, as we're watching this, if you just agree in your heart, yes, Lord, your grace is enough. If you want to come up here, you're welcome to as well. But let's go ahead and roll it.
team for tonight go ahead and come up and then Matthew if you and Nora if you both be available to to pray for people that would be awesome it's just the blue team it's the blue team the revelatory blue team okay so if that's you come on up and uh, I don't see anyone moving now all right <laughs> all right I'll stay up here too okay um you know what? We're, I'm just going to release blessing over you, Father. I, I thank you for um, you've given us more than enough to to uh, to chew on tonight, to feast on. Jesus, we're feasting on you and what you've done. So thank you that we get to take this um, into a new day, into a new promise, into a new year. Um, but thank you, Lord, that your grace is enough. It's always enough. Thank you that your love for us never fails. So, Lord, just send each person here with massive encouragement and hope in Jesus' name. Amen. So, bless you all. Hopefully, we'll see you New Year's Eve, um, 6.30 or 8 o'clock. <laughs>